Welcome to the Red River Podcast, where we recognize our strength relies on our bond. We are challenged to live a life on mission. So what does that look like as a wife, a mom, in my career, or just a typical everyday? We unpack the highs and lows as we share practical tips, uncover areas most of us work on, and thoughts on where to start. So grab a friend, and I'll introduce you to some of mine as we engage in coffee chats about how to live a missional lifestyle as an everyday woman. I'm your host, Candace Reyes, and you're listening to the Red Rover Podcast. Hey friend, welcome to the Red River Podcast. I'm your host, Candace Reyes, and I'm so glad you chose to hang out with us today. If this is your first time hanging out, I want to welcome you. If you are our Red Rover peeps, welcome back. As you are probably well aware of, we've started a brand new series called God is Bigger Than Our Excuses. Last week, we had Natalia Drum talk about a, an excuse that a lot of us kind of lean into, where today I've got a new guest with a new excuse. Yep, I do. Because recently we polled on social media things that cause us to hesitate when saying yes to God's calling on our life. And that's what we're unpacking for this series is all these different relatable responses that you or I have probably said why we couldn't move forward in this next step, in this next faith step. And so today on the show, I invited Michelle Watson from the Pantry Podcast to help me with one of these excuses as well today. Michelle is an East Coast millennial wife and mama, all about God's word, determining her opinion and not the other way around. Often spotted where matcha lattes are served, helping busy Christian creatives maximize their digital reach and minimal time in serving Jesus, not junk food as co-host to her husband on the Pantry Podcast. Friend, you're going to love Michelle. She's got so many great little nuggets. So grab some paper with a pen with your favorite cup and let's dive into my chat with Michelle Watson. Hey, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Red River Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am too. Are you using Shay's line? I'm excited. I was about to make that joke because he's not here and it just feels like without him, I have to make up for it. The excitement needs to be here. I understand. I understand. When he's here, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I understand. Well, today we're going to be speaking about how God is bigger than our excuses. And before we dive in, I, with my chat with Michelle, I want to first share um, that I absolutely love the pantry podcast, which is the podcast that Michelle and her husband do. And I've been a faithful listener since uh, we met in spark at our spark conference in the summer, Shay, her husband and, and Michelle have an incredible insight and really unpack God's word in in bit-sized pieces that help me chew on biblical truth. And what I love is, Michelle, your boldness and faithfulness to speak truth, even when it's going to step outside of other people's comfort zones and even on some of their toes, but you do it with love and because you love that person so much that you want to make sure that they hear the truth and and you choose to sacrifice the likes because you want to share the truth. And I think that is so powerful because, you know, your family it, I, I see them living out Galatians 1:10, where it says, I am now, am I now trying to win approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, 
I would not be a servant of Christ. And so I am honored. I am so honored to have you on the show tonight. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about your passion and how, how it has influenced your life. Oh man. Well, first, thank you. That is like really humbling. Um, everything that you said, um, yeah, when I was thinking about this topic, I kind of danced around two different ones and, and you can decide you are the host. You can decide which way we go. Um, I have the, well, of, well, of course I followed God route. Um, and that would be with our podcast. You know, we felt we had been praying like, Lord, use us. We said we didn't have a lot of time. Um, and so God's like revealed to us, you know, Netflix 21 hours a week, you have time. And so we canceled Netflix and started a podcast and uh and we obeyed you know and and it's it's been amazing and we we prayerfully do everything um but then on the other hand i also have women's ministry which i was kind of jonah i was like wait you want me to go to women and that's a whole it's hilarious because i am one uh (laughs) clearly but um but that road a lot rockier even though i i said yes in bits and pieces even 99.9 percent obedience is still disobedience in the in, mm. in in the eyes of perfection and of course that's why we need grace um and he used because of that grace he still used me and and walked me through a path where now i embrace it now we're ready to um now i'm ready to kind of drop something with some other women that's very exciting um but also just my heart's right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't before. So, so we can do both. We can do either. But um, I think at the heart of both is the desire to do right by God to the best of my ability. And when I read the word, I came to Christ through revelation and I saw his grace in revelation. And some people laugh when they hear that because they're like, what? But see, I was expecting as someone who had never read it before, I was expecting like this very violent tale of people just being massacred for not being good enough. Mm. And I opened it and I saw more and more chances that he gives and has given people to come to him in different scenarios in different you know like okay well let's lock satan up okay well you know let's give you a book let's you know let's bring 144,000 people that will be immune to persecution you know to to give it to you again like there's so much in it like i want christ and so that kind of has propelled me to be like you're absolutely right about everything my favorite verse is john 6 43 and in the nlt it just says stop complaining about what i said said jesus my favorite verse in the Bible, because I'm like, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter if I think I'm the best person for the job, if he knows I'm not. And it doesn't matter if I think I'm the worst person for the job, if he's asking me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, in some moments I'm Moses, in some moments I'm Isaiah, but regardless, I accept he is the all in all and he's always right. And so I think my drive for everything I've done for the last several years, even if I choose in the flesh in the moment, the thing in my heart that always brings me back is like, but you were wrong to choose your heart over him. Mm. You know, like at every turn, I'm like, I don't care if it's uncomfortable. I don't care if I feel beat up or offended. Like whoever promised my life was gonna be great. I'm, I'm wretched without him. So of yes. course I'm going to be offended, yes. you know? And so, and so, you know, that's at the heart of everything. Cause I mean, those aren't the only two examples, being a mom, being a wife, being a friend, being a daughter, you know, there's so many different ways you could segment it. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty much where you want to take it. 
but that's kind of why that's my why pretty much. Okay. I love your why. I absolutely love it. Now you said revelations was what <laughs> I'm, I'm, how old were you when you read revelations and you said yes to Jesus? Um, so I was 23. I had been 23 for two months or maybe it was one month. And, um, I had been, I'm a digger. I'm a researcher. I like to know the why of things. And so that has led me down many a rabbit hole. And I always like to say there are conspiracies and there are conspiracy theories. And some of those theories are actual conspiracies, right? And so as I was digging through, like, why is everything in the media getting so dark? Because see, I grew up with Bibles in the house, but my mom, I guess you could say Protestant, you know, just a Christian and my dad Catholic so never went to church but God was mentioned there were prayers once in a while you know I didn't really get it and so I prayed to God treated him like a genie my whole life mm. and I was digging and seeing all this evil like evil was proving itself to be organized and real and the consistent thing because see I had just come out of college where I was like, I was that kid who was like, I'm spiritual, not religious, you know? And now I would say I'm in a relationship, not religious. But back then I was like, hey, Amen. something's out there. Yes. And, right? And, and then I come out and I'm seeing that evil isn't just real. Evil only hates the God of the Bible, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Like that is what evil hates. Evil is totally fine with all the other deities, but not God. And I was like, dude, and I kept avoiding reading the Bible because in my mind, it was just King James. And I was like, I hated Shakespeare, you know, how, and then because revelation is quoted so much in conspiracy circles, because what's funny, a lot of Christians, like a lot of Bible verses at the very least are out there when you're looking at conspiracy, right? Mm -hmm. um, because when people are investigating actual evil, Bible verses show up. And so I was finally, I was like, okay, I just need to read Revelation. I just need to do it. And I found an annotated version online. I think it's discoverrevelation.com or .org or .net, something like that. We've linked to it a few times on our show. And, um, and I read it annotated. So line by line with like, sometimes the annotation is like three, four paragraphs long, citing other areas of the Bible, whatever. So I had like this intense thing. And halfway through, I came to Christ on my couch with the laptop on my lap. And so my mom had been praying for me for my whole life. And so it took me a month to actually tell her that I was a Christian because I had pride. I didn't want to let her know. And then I felt convicted to go to church. And she had not been because she was terrified of making the wrong choice and choosing the wrong church that would lead her to the wrong conclusions. And so she just read her Bible at home. And so I was the one who prayed, God, show me a church to go to. And he closed the door to a Seventh-day Adventist that was down the street because I didn't know the difference. Um, I emailed them asking for something. They never replied. And I and I was like, oh, moving on, you know, and I, and I found the church that we're at now um non-denominational amazing loving bible-based place and my mom started coming with me and so it's so funny how god works like got my mama church when i came so many years after she'd been praying 
That's so cool. It, I love how God just interacts for us and he just kind of weaves everything together and just with such precision. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, so your passion, uh, when you started learning about this, about Jesus and the love that he had for you, that just really seemed to drive your passion even more so and influence your life in a way that now tell us a little bit, what, what do you and Shay do now so that other listeners can find, can know more about it? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing we're both gluttons for critique. We, uh, neither of us take it very well sometimes. <laughs> and I think that's why we're kind of like, I don't want to say out of body because that's very new agey, right? But in the sense of like, we can take a step back and watch what we're doing. And we sit and think about why we're doing what we're doing. We're very like in our own heads kind of people. And so we can watch ourselves doing things like we can watch a car crash that we're, that we're in, you know? And because of that, we realize in the moment I am being a fool because <laughs> I am not owning the truth I'm putting up a facade and every time we accept the truth, God rewards our, our sanctification process with growth because that's what is required to grow, accepting, mm -hmm. repenting, which is just changing your mind, admitting the mm -hmm. thing you thought was right or the thing you did was not the way and that this way over here is right. And uh, so that brings our passion. And I call myself like a prickly but cute cactus. Like I'm like, you want me in your house, but then like you keep bumping into me and you get annoyed, <laughs> but please don't throw me away because <laughs> I'm so useful. I don't really know what use a cactus is, but <laughs> on the podcast, you know, when, when it's me and him, like sometimes I get in these rampages telling it to him because I get worked up, not because I'm mad at them, but because I'm mad at what decisions are causing in their life. Mm. Like I'm mad at the sin. Like, I'm like, if they, if like, if you could wrap your head around this one thing, you'd, you could be so free in mm. this area. Like if you would just taste this vegetable, you'd love it. You know, like if you, if you would just try this thing as crazy as it sounds. And I can tell you that's true because I did it, you mm. know? And, and we're so passionate that way because we see divisions in the church, like, oh my goodness, to research our episodes and the content. And he also leads Bible study and we're always looking and there are so many different ways to interpret so many different things. And some is blatant heresy and some will really be like making you question if what you think you know about the word is right. And then it comes down to the personal conviction out of Romans, you know, but, but still it's a messy time and it's so divided. And then you add in the world that's just always dividing mm -hmm. like subgroup to subgroup to subgroup till like there's no one in your group, but you, um, it's such an isolating thing and there's so much defeat and so much lack of confidence and so many things that believers are struggling with that. I don't say we don't struggle, but there's certain things that when those things unlock and when they click in your head, mm -hmm. a lot of these struggles are no longer these big boogeymen. They're like gnats and you can get rid of gnats. They might come back, but you can get rid of them a lot easier. 
And um, because you, you start seeing things in perspective, that big thing is nothing compared to your God. And sometimes you, you can say that, but when you really start doing those faith leaps in your day to day, like I'm gonna have the courage to let that go. And then you're like, whoa, that was actually the better decision. Then it no longer seems radical to no longer call yourself a victim all the time because you realize that yes, the world says that's great, but with that time you let it go, right? That time you let it slide and just gave it to the Lord, it felt so great. And now 80 decisions later, you would never even dream of being a victim again. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's like, those are the roads. And so that's, that's why we're kind of always changing up topics and every season's different stuff. And we're always covering many vantage points of one topic because we just want to touch everything. And they say niche down and we're like, okay, we're niched in the sense of, do you crave the Lord? Do you want that life? That's our niche. Cause really like the Lord's going to send people to us. And I know that's a cliche for people who don't niche down, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's that we're, we're just like, if this is the only episode you ever listen to, because this is the thing you're struggling with, then praise God. I don't care if you come back, if that's the case, like if that helped you and that's all you needed from us, then fine. Um, but, th but that's, that's our, that's our whole point. I love it. I love it. Now you talked about that leap. And I want to know how long was it for you guys in your timeline before you actually started to embrace your own calling from when you heard it to when you embraced it? So I started trying to awkwardly walk out the Great Commission immediately, but it's amazing because your mind is still whatever it was before you came to Christ. You haven't renewed your mind very much. You're, you're new and you're now on the road of sanctification, but you're working with a lot of gray matter that's opposite of the Lord. <laughs> and so I was convinced because I was such an egghead, um, like in college and all of that, like I was so convinced apologetics was it. And now, I mean, it's been eight, seven, eight years. Now I tell people, you know, apologetics, the best use of apologetics, the reason you should study and give it any time of day is so that you're prepared for the person who wants the actual truth. They're hungry, they just wanna understand. That's what apologetics is for. Apologetics, I'm sure there's gonna be a person out there who says like, I, someone came to Christ because of it and praise God, I don't doubt it, right? Like there are those people. But like, if that is in your toolbox and just sharing the gospel, you think that's not enough, then you're forgetting verses like 1 John 4, 4. And um, I actually have it, because I didn't want to, I'm so bad at quoting. First John 4, 4 and Luke 12, 11, 12. In both of those, it's like the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit of this world. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will give you what it is you should say in the moment. And his word doesn't return void. Yours can. Yours can corrupt and mess it up and all that stuff. And if you walk out there thinking, and this is where a lot of believers struggle with any calling. They think it's up to them. This is the Moses thing where, wait, I stutter though. And it's like, in that moment, God gave grace. He gave a, a, an assistant to go, a partner in crime to go do this thing. But in the moment, it's like, how much faith do you have in the word of God? Because you and how well you speak has nothing to do with it. And that's the most humbling, freeing thing. Some people might think it's discouraging. It's humbling and freeing that I can just go out there and do the worst job ever. And if that person's supposed to come to Christ today, because the Lord, like those words hit that person the right way, like they're going to come. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to, like the only, the only reason I'm a part of it is because God loves me. 
and wants me to taste how awesome it is to be a part of it. Like it's not up to me. And when, and when you accept that more and more, I'm an East coaster, right? Like going up to someone on the street, it's still like not comfortable, but because I know like they may very well go to hell if I don't, mm -hmm. then I do it. And of course, predestination, well, if they're meant to go, et cetera, I'm like, but again, that's that predestination, whether you have an, like, whatever your opinion is, it's a God, that's a God thing. That's not a me thing. I'm inside time. I have a limited mind. So I don't need to bother with that. I need to be more concerned with what is God telling me, prompting me, moving me, impressing on me right now. And can I do it? That, the, that's the question you ask yourself. Can I do it? The answer is if he asked you to do it, then yes, you can. Yes. Because he's there. Yes. And yes. that's that's a mindset that comes. And I and I think that in the beginning I was all about apologetics and I realized all my eggy head friends didn't care about those arguments. It was not hitting them. And uh and so so I tried jumping in initially with that. And then as the Lord worked in me because of my prayer life with him, which is like just so that's what's changed me is my prayer life with God really um that has walked it out and also my husband who's from colorado who will talk to anyone smile at everybody um he's given me boldness too so god's worked through him but my my calling is a lot easier now that i know that it's my calling but my god is the god of the outcome i'm not yes and so yes. he doesn't even care like it's like god i failed you because they didn't accept no i said to tell him I didn't say convince them. Yes. Yes. You know, like, and I told you to tell them the truth, not save them from drugs. I told you to, right. to hug, not, not fix them. Right. That's so, one of the things that like, I've been saying to my listeners, let your yes be your success and give God the rest. Your yes. That's the only part of your, this whole thing it, that you have in control over amen. is your yes. And being yes. obedient to him. And then the rest of it, what comes, what doesn't come, that's all God's. He's already knows what he has in store for you and what he has in store for that person. And I love how you talked about how you just go up to people and you weren't comfortable going up to people and talking to them, but you knew that they needed to hear about Jesus. And, you know, I just recently came from a conference and it was a pastor's conference and I didn't realize it was a pastor's conference when I said, yes, I'd go to this, by the way. Um, I was told it was a ministry leadership conference. I'm like, okay, I can go, oh, yeah. you know, and I show up and there's tons of pastors. I'm going, oh, I'm so awkward. So like when they start asking what you do, I'm like, oh, I'm with a nonprofit organization in here. Love it though. Yeah. So, but I felt, so <laughs> I felt so insecure because I didn't feel like I had the title or um, yeah. I, I wasn't given the authority to go in and approach them, but God, as I was praying about this with him, he was like, yes, you have been. I already gave you that authority. Personally, I put the Holy spirit inside of you and I called you to speak. And so if I called you to do this, you need to be doing it. You go up and talk yeah. to people and you live out this missional lifestyle that I've called you to do. Now, I will tell you, I did not do it at the time because I did not have that conversation until I was driving home. And I was like, I, why was I even there? He was like, there's a reason why you were there, Candace. Uh, but I just think so many people need to hear that, that God does equip you. If he, if he calls you to do something, 
He is going to equip you to do so. And, and that brings me to, we sent out a poll and, uh, we asked our people about, you know, what has stopped you in the past from saying yes to this calling in your life. And one of their responses was not healed enough. And, and so they choose not to step out. And when I sent this over to you before our episode, you said you, you marked that as one of the ones that you wanted to talk about. And so I love to hear your thoughts and the wisdom that you may be able to share to somebody who, who that is struggling with. I'm just not healed enough. I don't know if, if this is going to be the right time. Am I really ready? What would you say to that person today? So first I would ask, are you overcomplicating your call? Because the first thing is we have to learn not just the difference between the enemy and God, but ourselves and God. That's harder than the enemy. Um, because like I don't hear an audible voice of God when I say that I feel like God's telling me to do something. It's how intimate I am in his word so that then it's kind of like, well, this is a thing that is to be done. This is something I'm called, like, I know I'm called to do this because it's in the word, you know, this is something. And when it's like, well, love, love people and these, and he shows you all these examples in the word of how to love and how to, and like how to bring truth and all this. And so if all of a sudden you just feel this overflowing of like things to say, and they're godly biblical things, then say them. Um, but we overcomplicate our call. I've done it. Um, I, I alluded to the women's ministry things. So many times I overcomplicated it because I wanted it to be bigger and flashier and use all my skills because I wanted to do it for God. And yet he just wanted me to fix my heart because I was, I was not healed when it came to women because my entire, and I had tons of friends in, and I lost a lot of them coming to Christ, just not angry, bitter, but just like drift, fade, you know, um, nothing to really relate anymore. They didn't want my advice anymore because it all came from the word, like I get it. Um, but I never felt comfortable with too many girls in one place. Like even with my bridesmaids all in one place, it felt weird. And I just did not like what happened when too many girls got around one another. And I didn't think I was going to like it any better in church. And obviously, you know, women in church are women. And so they're, they have struggles and they have flaws and God's working in all of us. And yet I wasn't, I was, I was hold withholding grace. Mm. And, um, and yet at the same time, I felt called to women and people were telling me you're called to women because one-on-one, -on -one, I would always embrace the call, yes. right? One-on-one, yes. -on -one, I would always embrace the call, but he was like, but at the same time, I knew that I had this thing that was not, I was not surrendering. I was not letting him heal it. I was just like, well, that part's not for me because I feel this way. And I have no right to be around groups of women if I think so little of them when they're in a group. And so I withheld myself. And what's funny is here I was thinking in my prideful self, they needed me. And the truth is I needed them. Mm -hmm. I, I, they, they like, what am I going to say? Well, maybe you're just supposed to sit and listen. It's still your calling. It looks different day by day. Maybe you're supposed to sit under a woman who knows what she's talking about instead of being wait until you are the woman that knows what she's talking about. I think discipleship is ignored. And the, in the great commission, it's two parts. It's go share the gospel everywhere and make disciples. 
And most people focus on the first part, especially because of in the online age, the first part, you can share the good news online amazingly well in a lot of really cool ways. Uh, people discount things like TikTok, except like that's an extra Bible verse in somebody's day. You know, like I'm not going to discount any time the word of God is spoken with genuine desire to, to share anything. But discipleship, it's harder online. Yes, you can do it on Zoom, but you can't Zoom with me all day. And discipleship, my husband has learned and he's brought this home like you don't always change your schedule to make room for them. You ask them into your life. And um, so it's like, I'm going to grocery store. You want to come? Hey, I'm going to go minister to somebody. You want to come? Hey, I'm just going to be doing laundry today. You want to come? Because that's where the organic getting to know, you know, iron sharpening iron happens. And I needed that, but I, um, but I held back. And even my husband, once we got married, he, he'd been telling me when before, but now he's my husband, I got to honor and obey. And, you know, so I start going <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I'm like so humbled and so fed. And yes, like sometimes they say things that step on my toes because it's worldly stuff and I'm judging it or discerning it. I mean, you, you got to be careful. Sometimes you're calling it right. And sometimes you're being messed up about it. Um, but overall, because everyone's going to step on your toes, every, no one's going to be perfect. So much edification. And I remember right before I got pregnant, um, I tried, this was the, the, okay, I love women now, praise to God, but now I'm trying to do all this with me. I decided, I decided we're going to make a devotional, me and some women from church, we're going to make a devotional. I can put it together because I can design and edit and all this stuff. And all these women have amazing testimonies. We're going to do a devotional. And it's so funny because it sounds like it sounds good. It's good intentioned, but was it God intentioned? Honestly, I don't think so because nothing fell into place one girl kind of like went apostate <laughs> in the sense of like she just lost all faith in the lord after she wrote what she wrote and then that and, and it was just very interesting she questioned if she ever even really believed wow um some other women they just didn't have the like they they wrote these really long things but then i got pregnant and then i had 20 weeks of morning sickness which is not normal but it was for me. And uh, so I was like unable to really do much after work and, and thing after thing after thing. And eventually it just faded. Right. And, um, and then I was like, I was doing too much. I, I like, I built this up and I could tell it was me. Like mm -hmm. that was my dream. Mm -hmm. And it sounded Christian-y because it is when you're, when God calls you to it, it is when he doesn't call it, it's not, it doesn't amount to anything. It just gets burned off you at the Bema seat. So what does it matter? And so I went back to just being around women. And to this day, I struggle sometimes, especially in the pandemic stuff we're in to actually get with them. What's amazing is my heart changed. When my heart changed, which is the only healing that really needs to happen in this sense, as my heart changed, my calling stayed the same, but it developed. Mm-hmm. First, he was, he said, women's ministry, that don't mean you start, like you get up on stage today and just start speaking to a room of women, or you figure out how you're going to make a sales funnel to get speaking gigs to do it. That's later, if right. at all. Right. The first yes. step of your call might be to humble yourself under someone else. So it's like, oh, my calling, I feel called to this ministry. Then go sit under someone doing it, you know, and we're all called to share the love of Christ. Go do it. That's your call. You already have many calls on your life. 
And sometimes we're thinking of like 10 steps in and we're disqualifying ourselves. And it's like, well, yeah, God, I ain't even saying to do that yet, but that's one day, you know? And, and now flash forward on the 17th of January, we're launching daughterwifemom.com, me and six other women. And it's a whole different way of doing things. Like I could go into it all, but I won't, but it's just, we're all just coming together. It was very God driven. The names just kind of float on the page of like, like, Lord, if you want me to do this, who are the women? And if, if the, the, like, they'll say yes, if it's from you, they all said yes. Some of them even were like, if you had asked me eight months ago, I would have said no, but God's been working on me in this amazing way. And I'm saying yes. And so we're all going to be writing for it, but it's not like, oh, you have to write once a week. You got to drop this. You got to promo. You got to do this. No, it's going to be like, write when the Lord prompts you to, and it goes on this site. We're not trying to make money off this site. If people want to support it, they can, but we're not like trying to like monetize every post and add in Google ad space and all this stuff. It's like, this is just a free flowing thing where we can spread when God calls us to spread. And if he doesn't call us to spread, we're not gonna, it's not going to follow any worldly model. It's going to exist and it will exist because of many primer things that happen, but it feels different and it's behaving different. And I'm not having to hold all the strings and be the puppet master. Like when I control it because God's doing it and it's amazing. Things are flooding in and these women, it's, it's amazing what he's doing in everyone's lives. And they're getting, they're from around the country. There are many different ages, many different, you know, stories and stages of life. And they're all getting to, to minister to one another. And it's just incredible. And it, it feels different mm -hmm. because I feel peace. I don't feel this work up, this stress to, to produce or to get it right or don't fail. Don't fail, Michelle. It's, it feels completely different. And uh, that's like the long, the long about way to say, don't overcomplicate your calling. If you think you're not healed enough, go find someone who's doing that thing that you think is healed enough. You're going to realize they have their own things and you'll probably cross minister to one another because that's how it works. Mm -hmm. And then just let the Lord lead. You don't need to make a 10 step plan, no matter what the world says, no matter what the Christian person says over in that book over there, you don't need a 10 step plan. God don't always give it to you. Sometimes he gives it to you one piece at a time. And so that's completely okay. Amen. Oh, that was so good, Michelle. That was so good. I'm sorry. It was also so long, but no, no, it was so good. I was just like, okay, yes, yes. Teach it, teach it. And so my, my next question would be what kind of, what scripture, what's a, because scripture is a great place for if anybody is searching as well and, and trying to find these answers, especially these difficult questions, they have difficult questions on, on where to go and, um, how to live this out. What verse would you offer somebody who is resisting God's invitation to work with him because they're not sure if they're healed yet? So they might not totally get the connection at first. But this is my second, this is my favorite portion of the word. So I said my favorite verse, um, first Kings 17 and it's verses two through six. And I recommend you read all around it. But when you're, when you're in a crunch and a pinch, just read this section. It starts out Elijah fed by ravens. So the context 
is that he had just done this amazing thing with God. God had used him to prove that Baal was trash, like utter trash. And God set flame to a sacrificial bull soaking wet when like, and, and Elijah was pretty much like the only one there, you know, saying God is, God is it. And then Jezebel was mad and wanted to kill him. So he ran after all this victory, after think about your salvation, after all this victory of salvation, right? You, you have a win salvation or whatever the win is in your day. Cause this happens a lot. Then something comes against you, whatever it is, your self doubt or another person, whatever it is. And so now he's like, he's in the wilderness. He's by a river. God's like, go to this river. That's where you're going to stay. And that's how Elijah drank. And that's also where he was fed by ravens. And that has, I came up with a, a shirt actually that said cancel proof with, with this verse on the back. Um, because it says the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. God will always provide and he won't just provide like he won't just give you the fire, the showy flashy proof that he is God. He will do the private showy flashy proof, right? No one can cancel you, not even yourself. If God wants you to do something and the world says you can't buy food, you don't have a job, you don't have nothing. Ravens will feed you if he has a job for you. A little bunny will come with a steak. It'll be amazing. You'll be like, what the heck? But he supplies. Like this blew my mind more than the talking donkey. I don't know why, <laughs> you know? But just that twice a day, they didn't just bring him like berries. They brought him bread and meat. And I don't know where the bread and meat came from. It either came from heaven or someone's table, but something, maybe he had told someone else, hey, make bread and meat, ravens are gonna pick it up. I don't know what kind of Uber Eats thing God was doing, <laughs> but God yes. did it. And so like, I sometimes the most outrageous verse brings me the most like excitement. Cause I'm like, who's gonna tell me I can't do this, that, and the third for the Lord? Like, oh, I, I'm not qualified. Well, Elijah got, just completely terrified and he had no reason to he started fearing a woman that believed in a fake god after his god set fire to an altar that was soaking wet we would all make fun of him except we do the same thing we're like oh my gosh lord you saved me and oh my gosh you're incredible and you died for my sin and you came back and you rose again and all and oh my and you're coming back and all this stuff and then we're like wait you want me to like take bread to my neighbor, but I don't know them. What will I say? Well, what, did, like, how did you get saved? Like my story, like some, some elderly man annotated revelation and made a website. And I emailed him and told him that his website had brought me to Christ and he shared it with his whole family. Cause he had not gotten an email like that. And I don't know how long God called him to that. I'm the fruits of that labor. I don't know who else is, but I am right. Do, do what he says. If you don't think you have the resources, he'll provide them to you. Just make sure he wants you to do it and it's not you trying to prove yourself or prove him. Just do it because you have that love. He's going to be providing for you nonstop. You don't have to be scared of any of it. And right. it takes practice, mm -hmm. but first Kings, <laughs> first Kings 17.
That's good. That's so good. <laughs> I because the verse that I think about is in John five, where Jesus comes to the man who's been sitting by the pools of Bethesda for thirty eight years. And he keeps wanting, you know, to crawl into these pools. He's waiting for his, for his healing. And Jesus approaches him and his very first question, which some people may think it's kind of a weird question, but do you want to get well? I think so many times Jesus asks us, do you want to do this? Do you want to get well? And the man, he doesn't just say, Yes. I mean, he's been waiting for 38 years to get healed and to be able to walk again. But instead he rambles off all these different excuses. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we do that, but Lord, you know, I can't do that. I don't know what to say, but Lord, I don't, I don't know if I have enough money to do that. Lord, I, you know, and we just continue to say all these different excuses. And he's like, but I'm asking you to join me. I'm asking you, do you want to get well? Do you want to step out and live this life? And, and so I will, I will be honest. I hesitated for, for about seven years when God called me to step out and, and do and write and speak because I had, I was that person. I can relate to him. I was given all those excuses, but Lord, I have dyslexia, but Lord, I I'm not educated enough, but Lord, I, you know, and I would, you name it. I said it. And it was finally until I started digging into God's word myself and seeing who he is. And then I was able to grasp who he said I was. And then the power that he has gifted me with to be able to step out and say, okay, Lord, I'm done making up excuses. Yes. Ask me again. I'm going to tell you yes. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what happens. And he tells him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Like it was just a command, do it. And so I think one of the, one of the biggest reasons a lot of us tend to stop like, or not, or hesitate to step out, I think is that fear of failure. And Mm -hmm. after hearing John Maxwell, he stated failure and success, they're a package deal and failure keeps us humble and it helps us keep uh, reliant on the one who never fails. So can you share with us a time in your life? I I know you mentioned a a story prior to this, but can you mention maybe another one that uh, in your life where failure shaped you? So this just came to mind. So I'm just going to run with it because it it wasn't on the plan. But um, I used to work outside of the home when I wasn't, before we had a kid. And, um, And I would drive, sometimes I would drive this way and there'd be this really steep hill. And I was in a car, it didn't matter. But there was this guy in a wheelchair and it wasn't motor powered. Now this is an incredibly steep hill. And I remember I was driving home and I was going 30, 35 miles an hour, whatever it was. But I had enough time, like he just was clear as day right there. And he was backwards, like he was, he was walking himself backwards up the hill because there's no other way in a wheelchair that you can do that. And there was no one else around to help him. And I, I was a believer and my heart ached for him, but in my head, I was like, he's going to be offended if I stop, Mm -hmm. like that's going to be a hit to his pride if I help him. Mm -hmm. And 
then I was like, I'm just a, I'm just a girl. Is it even safe? Cause it wasn't the safest neighborhood either that I was driving right. through. Um, and I can't remember what other thoughts I had that day, but then like I drove by and as soon as I passed them up, I started being like, go back, go back, go back. And I didn't, I was like, mm. Oh, like, no, it's not. And I, and I drove home and then I just couldn't stop thinking about him. So then fast forward like a week or two. And for some reason I was thinking about him because every time I would go down that road, not every time, but most of the time I would think about him. But this day I was like, man, like maybe he'll be there. And he was. Now I had said, maybe he'll be there. Like hope, like I knew like, and this time I was like, but I'm too weak. Mm. Like what if I went out there to help this brother and I couldn't even help him? How embarrassed would we both be? Mm. Him that a little five foot three girl thought he needed help. And it's not like he was doing just fine. Right. It looked like he was just doing just fine. Like, but you know, he would, he would be embarrassed by that. And then I'd be embarrassed that I couldn't actually help him. So I kept driving. Mm. I never saw him again. God gave me a second chance. Mm. It haunts me to this day because I know that he wanted me to. He knew I wouldn't, but he wanted me to. He knew I would disobey. And he uses that a lesson. And he's sovereign. So I, I don't worry that like, you know, he cares about that man as much as he cares for me. But I had so many excuses. And it's a taste. Ever since then, it's the taste of what willing disobedience mm. for the sake of excuses I know God can overcome in my life feels like and I never wanted that again in my entire life and sometimes we still go on that road and I still hope I'll see him and who knows if I ever will again I probably won't um but God could have given me the strength God could have given the man a soft heart Maybe it was supposed to go completely wrong. Mm. Who knows? Just because he calls you to do something doesn't mean it's going to be smooth as butter. Amen. <laughs> but he, but he, he's going to use it even if it's not. Even yes. if the guy was yes. like pushing me off, like, no, like he would use it. Mm -hmm. It's not the point, right? Um, and so that was my failure. And God, because he is faithful when we are faithless, like in 2 Timothy 2.13, he uses it. He uses my failures just as much as he uses my obedience to work in me, you know, but that right. doesn't excuse that it was disobedience. And so I say that failure, um, it's worth going in. Like I said, God's God of the outcome. It is worth going in and it looking to you like it failed if you feel like God told you to do it because you don't know what he actually wants the outcome to be mm. you just know he wanted you to do it right he might right. want it to fail in the sense of it doesn't make money the launch fails the relationship ends your kid skins their knee like whatever and you count that as a fail because you don't recognize god uses everything mm. and he mostly i won't say mostly but he uses pain and brokenness a lot yes so 
that might he might want us to make it look like a worldly fail but on the spiritual level that was the point and so so don't let the outcome or your imagination of the outcome discourage you like failure leads to success with god because technically it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a fail if you disobeyed disobeyed yes fail but if you did it and it looks like a fail to you it's still a success in the eyes of god amen amen well michelle thank you so much for all the wisdom that you have given tonight. I thank you so much for being on the show. And before you leave, I'd love for you to share with our peeps how to find you and become your peeps because guys, I'm serious. I listen. I listen to the pantry podcast every time they post because it is such rich material and it really helps your perspective just to look at life a little differently and chew on what they've given you because it is biblically sound. So Michelle, share with us how they can find you. Yeah, so you can go to thepantrypodcast.com. Make sure you add that R in there. I don't know where the panty podcast would lead you, but <laughs> I made that typo <laughs> in other areas um, just for some humor. But yeah, so thepantrypodcast.com. And from there, you'll get all the stuff from me and Shay. And you can also go to daughterwifemom.com starting January 17th to read blog posts from some amazing women that I am blessed to know. That's incredible. So friends, reach out to Shay and Michelle. Make sure you check out their pantry podcast. And remember, when you step out to do what God says, let your yes be your success and give God the rest. Till next. Hey friend, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my guest. And I hope you thought about a friend who could possibly use this episode as well to give them some encouragement to move forward in living this missional lifestyle. That's a really easy way for us to share the good news is just share it with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear back from you. It takes a few seconds just to write a little review and we read each and every one of them. I also want to encourage you to check out our website, hookstocrook.com, to find out more about our translation project and also to learn about our Red Rover Women's Conference that's coming up on June 10th and 11th in Brookshire, Texas. We have amazing speakers and phenomenal musicians coming to spend time with our women. And right now we have an early bird special pricing for this conference. It's a two-day conference only costing $75, but that price only lasts till December 31st. So if you're interested in joining us for the Red Rover Women's Conference theme, Love Where You Are, then log on to hookstercrook.com slash mhmerch. All right, friend. Thanks again for coming and hanging out with us today. I hope you have a blessed day.